Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Allie Warshawski, and on today's podcast, we speak with Kristen Cusano of the Connecticut chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Now, this summer, the FDA granted accelerated approval for a first-of-its-kind drug for the disease, so we're definitely going to touch on that. And it's organizations like this one that help research behind this drug happen. Now, Kristen is going to tell us all about that. Welcome, Kristen, to our podcast. Hi, Ellie. Thanks so much for having me. Kristen, like myself, you're a former news anchor, and you decided to leave the business to work for the Alzheimer's Association due to personal reasons. Do you mind sharing what those were? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2009, I was actually working at a TV station in San Diego, and my mom back here in New York was diagnosed with a form of dementia. She was my best friend, and we talked every day, and we knew something was happening, and then after multiple doctor's appointments, we eventually found out that she had Lewy body dementia, which is another form of dementia. So with that diagnosis came my decision, and I packed up 14 boxes, grabbed my cat, my beach bike, and I headed east and uh, I was with her through the journey. So mom and I were together and I learned so, 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 so much. I worked back on Channel 8 for a couple of years while I was taking, while I was caring for her and managing her care. And then uh, I decided to work for the Alzheimer's Association. I mean, it's such an amazing organization and it offers help. And I think the biggest thing that I want everyone to know is that you don't have to go through this alone. You really can reach out to places like us. And that leads me right into my next question, which was, how did this organization help you while caring for your mother? Um, one way you mentioned was it made you not feel so alone. And how does that help others dealing for or caring, dealing with the disease, I should say, or caring for those with the disease? Well, just to know that there are so many resources available. Sometimes when your family, Oftentimes, when your family gets hit with this diagnosis, it's like getting hit with a Mack truck, and then you have to put all the pieces back together, and you don't even know what road you're on. You have no idea. So if you call us, we have an 800 number. I'm just going to throw that out. It's 800-272-3900. That's our helpline, 24-7 helpline. If you just call us and say, hey, I need a care consultation. I need to sit down with somebody and get some guidance on where do I even start? How do I process even starting this journey of dementia what does it mean for me my family my loved one who has this disease so we help you with that we can help you find doctors and find services we have 90 support groups uh, most of things you know have been on, online of late we can talk about that in a moment we have uh, education classes that are all free so you can attend something even if you're not sure if you don't have a diagnosis yet a class called know the 10 signs when do I take my memory concerns to a doctor? When do I say, well, these things are something that I really should look into. So a class like that, all the way to classes about effective communications, how to talk to someone with this disease, how to go into their reality, how to learn to not argue, keep things simple, all the way to, to classes for people who are early diagnosed for themselves. How do I live with this disease? Plus we have all sorts of early stage activities, because you're really supposed to do, if you can, is keep the person engaged, right? You're living with this disease. It's not, it's not I am Alzheimer's, right? It's you're living with Alzheimer's disease. So continuing that quality of life as long as you can. And I think it's really important to realize that, like I said, that somebody's out there because we really talk about the caregiver a lot, Ellie, and we say that you have to take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself as a caregiver, you could implode. And then what happens to the person you're caring for? 
So there's a lot of different things that we can assist you with. And so I appreciate you guys having us on so we could just make, share all that information. Yeah, and you mentioned that even though a lot of people might feel alone in this, there are, I believe you said 80,000 people in Connecticut that are diagnosed with either one of these. Yeah, there are 80,000 people right now living with Alzheimer's disease in Connecticut and twice as many caregivers, uh, most of them family, most of them unpaid, right? And these are just the folks we know who've been diagnosed. There are a lot of folks who haven't been diagnosed yet. And age is the greatest risk factor of this disease. And we have a pretty aging state, you know? And if you are diagnosed, most of the folks diagnosed with this disease are diagnosed over the age of 65. Um, and then as you get older, you know, your risk increases because it's age is a greatest risk factor. But then you talk about the fact that there are a number of people and those numbers are going up people diagnosed below the age of 65. And that's younger onset. And that's what my mom was diagnosed with because she was diagnosed at 61. And I don't know, and maybe you can go into this, but at 61, I guess you probably might have thought, oh, you're too young for these type of diseases. Um, was it shocking to find out that it was indeed dementia? Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the issue with with this and there are people in their 30s and 40s and 50s who we deal with who have this disease as well and part of the issue is the fact that it's hard to get a diagnosis because that's not as you mentioned the first thing that a doctor would think the first thing that a family would think you're coming in with these i know i'm kind of confused i'm kind of not not really remembering how to get home from a grocery store not remembering all the steps it takes to make a pot of coffee um, having a bit of a hard time with uh, reverse and drive in the car repeating stories oh a doctor may say you're depressed or oh you know as of late gosh we've all had covid right covid sadness or it's affected so many people in so so many different ways so it takes a while sometimes for people to get actually diagnosed with this disease because of the fact that there are other, it looks like other things. So we're also on, you know, a definite pledge to get more doctors and ER docs and APRNs and everyone trained to be able to diagnose these folks earlier. And if they are diagnosed earlier, there was a new drug that the FDA approved uh, for treatment in those who have early signs of it. So now um, this is even more important to get that diagnosis because there's a drug that potentially could help you out. Can you explain what you know about that drug? Yeah, so this drug is called Aduhelm, A-D-U-H-E-L-M, and it was called Aducanumab before the FDA approved it, then the name changes. And this drug is the first disease-modifying drug of its kind approved by the FDA. What does that mean? Well, there are things, there are hallmarks of this disease in your brain called plaques and tangles. And I won't go into the crazy biology of it, but this, this drug um, made by a company claims to take away some of those plaques. So it doesn't cure the disease. It's a treatment to give families more time right, to give them more quality of life, more time to take those photos, to have those vacations, to have the, make those beautiful memories with family. Um, and so what we as the association are very excited is to be able to offer something. You know, there is finally a treatment for families. You know, we're caring for them, caring for them, and here's our first, and there are many more in the pipeline. So this is only the first of many. You know, it's getting a lot of criticism, but it's the first of many. There are a lot of things going on, and, and, and like I said, coming our way, which is really exciting because, you know, this is, if we, we have found out and through different research that changes can happen in your brain up to 20 years before any symptoms occur. So if we could back time this 
and know about things we can do lifestyle-wise or things we can find out earlier, then you know, maybe we could really finally make some headway on this disease. What are some of the things um, that lifestyle-wise, if you are diagnosed, what do they say to do? I think that's interesting that there's just things you can change or maybe change now to prevent your chances if you have someone in your family. Yeah, exactly. So a couple of years ago, the first evidence came out of something we can actually do ahead of time to reduce our risk. I mean, there are so many now, which is exciting. You know, if you can get them all together, one is really keeping your blood pressure in check, you know, keeping it to a certain level, it decreased risk. A study just came out two weeks ago at our Alzheimer's Association International Conference that said that if you're in an area where air quality is improving, your dementia risk decreases. Um, there are things you can do like Getting a flu shot, a couple of years ago, a flu shot actually reduced some risk of Alzheimer's. But we're having this study that we're running, uh, we're funding and running as the Alzheimer's Association called the US Pointer Study. US Pointer Study looks at four tenets. Exercise, certain amount of exercise, eating, following a Mediterranean diet, which is good fats, right? It's good for the heart, it's avocado and omega-3s and blueberries, antioxidants. Cognitive and social engagement, which is so important, and is actually probably the answer to the first question that you had there, what can you do, you know? Keep cognitively and socially engaged, and also more regular wellness checks. We're studying 2,000 people for a couple of years to see if doing all those things will actually reduce their risk. And there's other things you can do to reduce your risk as well. Wear a helmet when you bike, because we know there's a head injury connection. Um, get enough sleep, because we know when you sleep, it actually, interestingly enough, of washes out some of the toxins in your brain. Um, you know, making sure you stay engaged and playing word games and maybe even drive a different way home from work, trying to challenge your brain. So there are a lot of things. And uh, we encourage you to go to our website, which is alz.org, to find out about other things and other ways that uh, you can work to help reduce your own risk, which is important because those of us who have a first degree relative, like my mom, that also puts me at an increased risk. Doesn't mean I'm gonna get it, but it's something that I should be looking out for, you know, as well. Yeah, and and the uh, cognitive, like keeping your brain active and functioning was tougher than ever in the last few years, not, uh, or the last year and a half, I should say, not because you weren't waking up and thinking and going about your day, but a lot of older people who uh, might've been in the early stages of this disease, didn't have that interaction, didn't have that ability, which makes your fundraising even more important, which you do these walks every year throughout the state. Um, I, there's one near me in Norwalk and, and a lot of the state parks, you do fundraising, everyone gets together, they walk, it's a big part of your fundraising. Were you able to do it last year um, and raise the money at a time where people probably are going to need your resources the most? Absolutely. And thanks for saying that because people need us now more than ever, especially because people have been, you know, in their homes, right, for a year and a half, just starting to come out. So we were able to have folks walk in their neighborhoods last year, right? It wasn't safe to gather in crowds of a thousand or three thousand people. So people kind of walked where they were um, and they took a lot of photos and sent them to us. And people really needed something, right? And getting out and walking is something that's good for, you know, exercising and good for your brain as well. So a lot of folks did join us. The fundraising was there. It wasn't quite as robust as it has been in years past, but people realized, you know, we still need to help people and we still need to make a difference. And that money, by the way, that people raise at these walks 
goes to help us do all the care and support I mentioned at the top. That 800 number is free. The education classes are free. The support group is free. And then it goes to the research, which we were talking about. So the money you raised goes to really important things that affect our daily lives. So we are happy to share that as of now, we cross our fingers, right? We are walking in person this year. Um, and of course, you can walk from home. That option is still available. You know, people are, are concerned and whatever's happening. But they're outside events. There are seven of them. Uh, they start on the 12th of September in Central Connecticut, and they go all the way through October 10th. So there's seven straight across the board all over the state. You can just go to alz.org walk to find one that is near you. And uh, we encourage you and excited to, to come out safely. We're doing all safety COVID protocols according to the CDC in each town, of course. Uh, and stay tuned for those things in case anything changes with that. But as of now, we are walking in person. And Al, you've been to that walk. The walks are so amazing and emotional. They are, and I know you have the flowers behind you, which yeah. we will be handing out a little differently this year, but those are of big significance at the walks. You take one um, for the color of whether you're caring for someone um, in awe and maybe in memory of someone, and it's just powerful to see the garden that's developed after where you can write the person's name on a petal and you just kind of realize you're not alone, which I think more than ever, that's something we need to feel after the year, last year and a half especially for those who not only had to deal with the pandemic, but also a loved one who, um, whose mind might be failing them as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful moment. And you just hold the flower up and everyone in the, you know, around you just look around and see, yeah, I, there are people in various stages of this, this disease as well. And I think sometimes the first time that people encounter us is at a walk. You know, they're like, yeah, I'm not too sure about calling that number, not too sure about going to a class. I don't know if I want to share in a support group. Maybe I'll just go to the walk and see what it's like. Well, you'll see it. You'll see that you're, you know, surrounded by so many people who are willing to share. And everyone's got these little tips and tricks that they learn along the way. So it's really kind of an interesting sharing moment as well. So we hope you attend and we would love for, you know, I know it's a, a you know, our BizCast and, and CBIA cast, right? And we're talking about getting businesses involved. We'd love for you guys to come out and get involved with us and uh, start a team because, you know, it's all benefiting. You know, the more we raise money to help families and the more we raise money for research, you know, essentially it's, it's definitely affecting employee employee productivity and not just people who have the disease, but caregivers, because you really need to take care of yourself. And if they're able to get that break or get that respite or go to that support group, then they can, you know, go back and be, you know, productive employees at the same time. So there's a lot, lot happening. And uh, we'd love everyone to join us at the walks this fall. And if they can't join you at the walk, but they, you know, they hear this and they, they have a loved one, or maybe they themselves are uh, struggling with the disease. You said that in this um, virtual world now that we live in, because a lot of things in person have been postponed or scaled back, you've actually seen more people reach out to the organization and attend your virtual meetings. Absolutely. Because why? Because you don't have to get in the car and drive. You don't have to deal with the traffic. What time is it? And if you're caring for a loved one, I don't have to get someone to care for them. Come in and watch, right? You can just step into another room. So we've actually served more people with our virtual education classes and our support groups, which are amazing. So we're probably going to keep that kind of hybrid situation, right? So that some people can go in person because sometimes, as you know, you need the energy of being near someone, right? Um, and seeing them in 3D. You know, this is a little bit challenging, but this also is working for people who really 
can't get out as much, can't get out of the house. And we also have these great activities for people in the early stages that we're offering online. We have museum classes that people can attend. We have a singing group that's just so amazing called Shared Voices. Um, and we have someone playing guitar and then people just kind of sing along with the songs. Um, we have gentle movement. We had a cooking class for a while. So there's a lot of great things, um, again, to kind of keep people socially engaged. Uh, I know we talked to the, about the walk, but I want to circle back to that for a second because all that funding, of course, makes these programs happen. Did you did your funding take a hit during the pandemic because a lot of your fundraising events might have been in person, or were you lucky enough to um, say the same? Yeah, we had to cancel a bunch of stuff last year. You know, we had a big dinner planned, we had a big gala planned, um, and then our walks all went uh, virtual. So yeah, it definitely took a hit, um, and we need people to help us even you know, now more than ever because our, our families are, are reaching out to us and are, are definitely in need. And I think each year, now the awareness grows, right? So each year we know that people, more people know that it'd be great to go to a support group, right? Or it'd be great to go to an education class. So the need increases and as people, more people are getting diagnosed because the education is just growing, growing, growing. So we definitely could use everyone's help to come join us uh, this fall and help make up the difference, you know, and try to help us out. To, uh, to raise money for all our programs and services and the research. And there's such great research that happening all over the state. We, as the Alzheimer's Association, are the largest funder of research, largest nonprofit funder of research in the world. And here in Connecticut, we're funding $2.2 million in research at places like Yale and UConn and Jack's Labs. So it's really interesting how we're really going forward and it's the money is happening, you know, coming back right here in our backyard to really push this all forward. So you actually answered my last question. I was going to ask about the research being done in Connecticut, and it's so nice to see that it is being done here, right, to help these 80,000 people. Um, one thing I did want to ask you, for anyone who's listening, um, what tips or tricks did you personally learn as a caregiver that you think you um, people might benefit from that they might overlook? So I think one of the biggest things is, as I mentioned earlier, is really going into their reality. So I think that your loved one is in their reality and it's a brain disease, right? So your brain is actually, their brains are actually shrinking, right? Their brains can't comprehend, or, you know, we say cannot compute the way that it used to. So talking a little simpler, you know, not offering so many, so many options, not hammering them with question after question after question, because at one point they're going to lose lose track. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So this is before my mom was even diagnosed and we were starting to notice some issues. She came to visit me in San Diego. It was earlier in the year she was diagnosed. And I remember we were walking along the boardwalk that goes along the sand. I said, hey mom, do you want to stay on the boardwalk or you want to go on the sand? Silence. Hey mom, did you want to stay walking on the boardwalk or did you want to step over and go to the sand? Silence. And I'm like, mom. And she goes, I'm thinking. So every time I hammered her with a new question, I had it start all over again. So she's like, boardwalk, sand, do I? And I hammered her again. Okay, start fresh. Okay, because your brain, again, it's processing disease and it's hard to kind of compute. It's hard to understand that. So slow, ask one question at a time, maybe even offer two things. Would you like a tuna sandwich or some chicken? Versus, hey, open the fridge and pick something for, for, for lunch. You know, it could be like too much for that. So going into their reality also, they can't come into ours anymore. So if they think today is Tuesday, my goodness, it's okay if they think it's Tuesday. Go with me. You know, it's Tuesday. You're right. It's Tuesday. I'm not going to fight with you saying, no, it's Wednesday. No, mom, come on. No. 
It's Tuesday in their brain. Does it hurt anybody? No. All right, mom. It's Tuesday. Cool. But we're going to do what we normally do on Friday. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you have to kind of be creative, right? In your own caregiving and just being there for them and giving them so much love because that's really the emotion is the last thing that goes. So even if they can't respond, you say, oh, she's not talking today. She's not there. She's not looking. She's probably listening, you know, so continue to give them love and be as gentle. And, and I really think that they um, feel your essence as you approach versus you are um, maybe comprehending what you're saying. So really try to be as positive and loving as you can. Just keep giving them love, you know, mm -hmm. and, and try to learn and educate yourself along the way. And I think, and you would probably agree with me that also giving yourself love as you deal with this, because as someone who has, um, or had a grandma who had it, it's, you get so frustrated because all of a sudden um, the processing is different or their moods are different. And, um, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing they could do, right? If they could change it, they would, but it's so easy with all the other stress going on in your day to flip that switch and go into aggravated mode. But if you, get, yeah, if you get aggravated, just step away, step away, take a few deep breaths, realize it's the disease talking. She didn't mean to snap at you. He didn't mean to snap at you like that. It's the disease. There could be something going on with them maybe they have to and it'll be simple maybe they have to go to the bathroom and they can't explain it to you maybe, you know maybe they're hungry maybe they're uncomfortable where they're sitting you know and they can't really quite come up with the words so you kind of have to be a little bit of a detective but try to lead with heart and lead with kindness you know, as much as you can and if you do get frustrated and you do make mistakes forgive yourself it's hard caregiving is the hardest job i've ever had to do you know and watching your loved ones slip away is the hardest thing it's, it's infected my entire life. It changed my entire, you know, trajectory of what I want to do in my life. I feel like my mom gave me a second career with her disease. She's like, I can't have, I can't control having this disease, but here's a present for you because she always took care of me. So she's, uh, she's still with me. I still feel with her. She passed away eight years ago now. It's been a long time. So, Ironically, I'm realizing that my grandmother passed away today about about eight years ago as well. I don't know the exact number, um, but, I, and that was not out of planning, but today I just realized that August 11th. So they clearly are with us. Absolutely. Well, we hope to, uh, well, I hope to see you at one of the walks this fall. Fingers crossed everything's able to happen in person and we really enjoyed having you on this BizCast. We do like to do a little bit of a rapid fire as a Connecticut resident of just small things you enjoy in your community. And I believe you said you're in Fairfield. Yes, yes. Do you have a favorite restaurant you like to visit there? I love Malto. Malto is a great restaurant, <laughs> great tapas, excellent, yes. I know exactly where that is because I might frequent the ice cream place near there. <laughs> oh yes, know that one too, indeed. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. And then do you have a favorite place in that town? Maybe it's a park or just area where if you had a second to just read a book, breathe that you would go to that maybe people don't know about? Yeah, I actually am lucky enough to I can bike to the beach. So I definitely love to go to the beach all times a day. And um, it's just just great to, to just be there and have the waves, you know, come ashore and just just remind you, you know, that you're, this is life. It keeps happening and you just do the best you can. And, um, you know, we're just, we're just trying to help people as much as we possibly can. And thank you, you guys for having us and helping spread the awareness. You know, we would, we really, 
you're just really pleased that, you know, everyone's really coming around and embracing what we have to offer for services for those with dementia and their families. Well, I hope we get to circle back with you and talk about uh, some more things your organization is doing in the future. But thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on our CBI BizCast. You can listen to our BizCast pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. If you want to listen on Apple, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and visit cbia.com as well. We will talk to you, Kristen, soon. Thank you. Thanks very much.